0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBOnline.org or download the MPB Public Radio
1: app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor from fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB Public Media app.
2: Folks, welcome back, Horticulture's Phil rush. I should w- welcome back. Welcome. We're going to be talking about gardening next little while, and we got the esteemed Java Chapman in today. How are you, sir? Man, I don't know about esteemed. <laughs> well, you, you have high esteem around here. Oh. And around the state too. Well, why? Why? Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's been suggested that you're the reason why I have to be nice. <laughs> Hey, man, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, a whole bunch of stuff. I got a cheesy tune. Got a guy I want to talk with uh, about a special event here in Jackson this weekend. I brought a bunch of herbs from from my truck. It smells like stew in here. All this stuff I'm growing in a pot that happens to be in the back of a pickup truck. And if I can grow stuff in the back of a pickup truck, folks— Anybody, especially kids who are out of school for the summer, can grow stuff in pots. And the reason I like herbs, we'll talk about it in a bit. But herbs, you don't have to wait for them to do something. It's not like planting sunflower seeds and they're going to be 18 before they produce herbs their herbs instant gratification and kids can have ownership of their meals. We're gonna be talking about that too, but um it's a call in program, Java. You know, we're gonna we're gonna open it up and whoop it up. Let's do it. All righty. let's start out in Maben, Mississippi. Hey Ruth, good morning. How are you today?
3: I'm good, thank you. Good. My question is uh can you talk about how to prevent fig tree?
2: Borers. I w- I, if I could, I wouldn't have them in mine. <laughs> no, here's oh. here's the deal on, on the borers, and, and, and folks who who are listening, I sure what we're talking about. There's a beetle that lays eggs on bark, and and its larvae go into trees, and when they bore in, it leaves little tubes of sawdust. It looks like a piece of a toothpick sticking out of of, of the trees, and when you touch it, it just crumbles. But it's just it's the it's the, the dried um, uh, uh, it's This called frass. But uh, anyway, they usually don't bother healthy trees if they're you know if they're strong if they're vigorous. But if a tree gets uh, droughty or it gets hard freeze damage like we had this past year, it's more it can't uh, repel them. So when you have borers in a fig tree or or anything, there's a whole bunch of trees. Crepe myrtles to do it. Uh, then the beetles get the upper hand, and there's really not much you can do to predict when they're going to be there and lay the eggs. It just just no. So the only thing we can do, Ruth, is try to keep the, the plants. Healthy. Healthy as possible, and uh, you know, and, and there's not much we can do about a freeze. But if it shows up in a fig tree or a crepe myrtle or any other or, or uh, a bay laurel, any kind of uh, tree like that, the only thing we can do other than just let it run its course is cut it off below the bores, and it will sprout back out. My mine my, my sprouted out fine, but so no way to prevent it though. Just uh, prune after it shows up. All right. Well, thank you so much. Sorry to be okay. – ne- I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to tell you what i do. If there's anything else I could do, I'd have done it.
3: Well, that's fine. I just I just didn't even know if there was anything. Not really. So no.
2: Okay. Appreciate it. Right, yeah. I've uh, seen a lot of this th- this year, and it's related to that sudden hard freeze we had in December before – Plants had a time, had a chance to kind of settle down for winter. Still has sap in it. Sap froze, weakened the plants, and they're taking it from there. But anyway, I don't want to start out on a negative note. So let's just say, when you prune them, they put out new growth, and uh, and everything's going to be fine. It's going to. It's a beautiful morning. <laughs> and then Let's go slide over to Neshoba County. Hey, Bill. Good morning, sir.
4: Good morning to you. Uh, what's up? Uh, you you may have answered my question, but okay, I have. a a pear tree. It's uh, two years old. Uh, I cut it off at six feet and branched out from there last year. Uh-huh. Every one of those branches has died from fire blight. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, trunk is putting out little uh, baby uh, branches. I'm wondering if I should cut it off like you suggested at four feet you know just say you know sacrifice the top of that pear and uh you know hope for the best
2: well let me ask you, is this a ornamental pear or an edible pear Edible. Yeah. You know, if you cut it off, first of all, you can cut it. You can cut it, it, you know, not to the ground because it'll be grafted. You can cut it back as far as you want, and it will sprout back out. Uh, And if you do that, you need to go ahead and get it done as soon as possible because it takes a little while for that growth to come out and needs time to mature before fall. But uh, when that happens, sometime this winter, if you'll go in and thin out all but the strongest Three or four or five of those sprouts, and let them become new trunks. It's going to be real because it's going to look like a, a witch's broom when it sprouts back out. Um, but you know, at the same time, is is it actually killing the tree, or just burning all the new growth back?
4: Yeah, it's burning all the new growth that yeah. and I've been spraying it with that stuff that you recommend.
2: No, produce. no, it has zero effect after infection. Uh, this spray, they call fire blight spray. It's streptomycin. It's just it's an antibacterial side. It doesn't cure. Uh, the only way it works is you spray it, and, and this does not hurt bees. Uh, you have to spray it when the tree is in bloom, because that's when infection occurs. It's spread by bees from from wild pears. So the only time this fire blight spray works is uh, once or twice, maybe three times when it's in full bloom. Not before, not after. That's the only time. And it can do a, a pretty good job of preventing it for the whole year.
4: If so uh, I've been spraying it every two weeks so no,
2: no 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 no. No. No, once in fact you know, this is a fungicide and bacteria size uh on tree, they're not they don't cure things. They're they're like putting on a sunscreen. You know, you put it on before you get sunburned or while you're out in the sun. Once you got sunburned, it just doesn't work at all. So it's strictly uh when the plant's in flower type thing. And a lot of times that, that brown stuff it'll just burn back a certain ways and stop. A lot of times it won't kill the trees, it just makes them what they call flagging. Okay. So, so you you can you can save your sprays till next uh, March when the tree is in bloom.
4: Okay, great. Uh, so I'm leaning toward cutting it off at four feet and uh, you know giving it a chance to put out some new growth there. Yeah,
2: it's it's going to be a little funny looking, but you know that's that's your choice. You know, either cut it off below there or just ignore it. See what sprouts next. Uh, you know, after this brown the blackened stuff falls off, and then spray when it's in bloom next year. Okay. All righty, Bill. Good uh, luck on it, man. Yeah, thank
4: you. Have a good one.
2: You know, Java. I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on in my little yard. I got peppers coming on and tomatoes. I actually had my first BLT. First BLT last from month. your garden. Yep. Well, the 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 tomato wasn't quite ripe. <laughs> But, you know, I, I had to do it because if I don't, the squirrels are going to get that's it. You, you couldn't hold on. You couldn't <laughs> but, hold on. Yeah, but the lettuce, and the lettuce, because it's hot, the lettuce is tasting a little bitter. You know, lettuce grows really well in cool weather. It gets a little bitter, but, um, I'm afraid I made a little fool of myself, uh, and only, only me and you and my kitchen sink know about this. I made two and a half BLTs because that's, you know, you can't just get one sandwich out of a tomato. That slice of too thick. And so I was going to make two and I had enough for another half. So I had two and a half BLTs with it running down between my fingers and everything. It was great. Well, as long as you had an, uh, an enjoyable time, then it was well worth it. Oh, I had fun. I mean, you know, my, there's a lot that goes – what what happens over my kitchen sink stays over my kitchen sink, but I just want to brag about that. Uh, by the way, do you like BLTs? Um, I'm not a big fan of tomatoes. Unless, <laughs> They're kind of un- gooey. They're yucky. Ah, what's up? What's this stuff?
1: I am I am coming around because uh, uh, I had a great – Fried green tomato uh-huh.
2: recently, and I was like, "Okay, I've been missing out a little bit." <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm saying with okra. You know, and, you know, and you know, my folks. We've been here in the South a long time, and you'd think that that admitting what I'm about to, they're going to revoke my southernness. Okay, <laughs> but I don't really like okra. Uh, matter of fact, I don't like it at all unless it's chopped up and fried real hard and a lot of ketchup put on it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, it's, it's been real interesting. But uh, the okra's coming along. I grow this variety called burgundy. It's got burgundy leaves and burgundy pods, just a and pretty little pale yellow flower. It's a great, great garden flower that you can actually eat the pods of. And matter of fact, if you don't like eating them, you need to snip them off anyway because as long as there's pods on there, the plant trying to make seed, it won't keep flowering, so stop the, uh, snip the old ones off to keep it going. All righty, we got Justin Nipper. Justin, you with us? Yes, sir. Good morning. G- good morning. Good morning. Uh, you are the marketing events coordinator for the Agriculture Museum. Uh, excuse me, Mississippi Agriculture, Forestry, and Agriculture Aviation Museum. Did I get all that right?
0: That's all of it.
2: <laughs> how are you this morning, man? I know you're real busy, but how you doing?
0: doing great high energy you know anytime we get we're getting ready for it it's a uh, big
2: it's a big it's a big one this weekend i went to it a couple of three years how long this is the pickle festival it is the the all things for a minute how long have y'all been doing this
0: so the first one was in 2019 and then you know 2020 we had covid and yeah I took the event over in 21, 22, and then this
2: year. Well, it must have been 2019 I was there because uh, I wasn't there last year, and uh, so it must have been the first one. I was blown away, man. It's not just you know pickles. What a corny idea, but it is such an inclusive thing. you got all sorts of incredible stuff, not just music and kids' stuff and all like that, but pickled vegetables, pickled okra, sauerkraut kimchi, all sorts of sweet, sour and hot stuff and uh and music and entertainment and all that stuff too. So, how are you pulling this off?
0: Well, with the help of all of our amazing staff, that's the only way this happens. Um it's ba- it's basically you could almost combine a farmers market with a music festival and you get pickle fast.
2: That that nailed it. You're exactly right, you know. And I mean, I just wandered around. It was just I just walked up, I paid my little thing, came in, and I want I was just going to be there a little while, I ended up having to haul jars of pickle stuff home and I was walking. It was great. So, uh... <laughs> as as far as uh some of the the kind of things there um I know that you're going to have a lot of lot of kids events, a lot of children's things, but also entertainment for adults, old-timey entertainment too, live music and and uh vendors. Uh I'm even get uh, you gave me permission to drive my pickup truck into the Ag Museum and park it behind the doctor's uh house in small town where they got this herb garden that is just master garden's been to just loaded with flowers and culinary herbs. So um is it okay if I just drive in?
0: Yes sir. Um, for you,
2: yes. <laughs> yeah, it's such a oh, cool yeah. ob- <laughs> You know this. The, you know th- this fall, I think, and maybe I, uh, maybe I'm jumping a gun here. Y- y'all are celebrating the 40th anniversary of this thing. Is that this fall?
0: Yes, sir. The museum is celebrating its 40th birthday in September.
2: You know, <clears throat> not to brag here, but I didn't know it was that long ago. But I was actually there. I remember when that place was was it was, it was where they they piled leaves and stuff like that for people to turn in compost. But the little farm there, the uh, intact farm at the egg museum. I actually went down with the people who dismantled it on the site, and I got a fig tree, I got a China bear tree, I got a cedar tree, and a and a uh, a gardenia, and planted them in the same place around the house. So I've been working forty years, man. So what's what's, what's 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 the deal on this festival? It's just Saturday, and it's just afternoon and early evening, right?
0: Yes, sir. So it's going to be this Saturday from three p.m. to eight p.m.
2: That's you know that, I guess there's a lot of other stuff going so people don't have an excuse. There's always stuff going on Saturday morning, but this is a time to stroll and relax and enjoy. Uh, three o'clock till when eight?
0: Eight p.m. You know, the first few years, like for example, the year that you went, you know, it was more in the heat of the day, that ten to two.
2: Yeah. I,
0: I you know, uh, it's junior, it is hot. It is.
3: It's well,
1: funny, Justin said they felt because I was there last year um with the Magnolia Sunset markets, and we were inside of the Sparkman Auditorium, mm-hmm. where you know yep. people were set up of different vendors you know selling all their different goods and stuff and, and air conditioned and we were the oasis <laughs> <laughs> of the pickle fest we kept a a a robust and healthy room because we were air conditioned in the heat of the day, like Justin just said.
2: Yeah. Well, Justin, it starts at three, so people in three till eight. And it's a great, great event. There's plenty of place for kids to run around and, and it's a safe event, but so much activity. Uh, I, I rarely promote festivals, but this was near and dear in my heart. I'm going to have my pickup truck there with your permission. I'm going to put it by the, by the, the, the herb garden behind the doctor. has got herbs and flowers and antique, uh, uh, heirloom flowers. My truck's got stuff in it and I'm going to talk with anybody who wants to talk about all things cucumbers, and uh, and herbs and stuff like that. So, I see you tomorrow.
0: Yes, sir. It's going to be a great time. We're really looking forward to it.
2: Okay, man. I appreciate you. I, I know I'm busy. I appreciate you taking time to yak with him about it. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Yes, sir. All righty, Java. This uh it's a uh, is pickles fest, but also pickled okra and people showing how to do it, and they got some really good hot spicy pickles too.
1: But. And also too, all all of the um especially if it's the same thing as last year the museum is going to be wide open. Oh yeah! So yeah. everything from the general store to the the blacksmith's, um, you know, going and looking at the um yep. the old aviation things, everything's going to be wide open. Yep. So it's they, a great day to go to the Ag Museum.
2: Well, I'm going to be parked under a China berry tree. It's going to be shady and going to have my pickup truck there with the tailgate down, talking about growing herbs in containers and about the herb garden and the flowers and antique stuff. And if you got questions about growing cucumbers, can't grow pickles. You got to make them, but you can't. Make them unless you grow some cucumbers. Anyway, look forward to seeing y'all. It Starts at three o'clock till eight o'clock on Saturday. Look forward to seeing y'all. Meanwhile, we've had a lady hanging on for a long. She gets time. a special prize. Yeah, from from north of Moselle, Liz. How are you this morning? Okay, well,
3: first I'd like to ask about your garlic and compare it to my garlic. Were you terribly disappointed in your garlic
2: harvest? I actually haven't. I haven't dug mine yet. Mine. Uh, I let, I grow mine uh, some just for flowers. And three or four years ago, I grew like seven or eight different kinds of garlic, but I haven't dug it yet. Um, so I, I don't know what's down there. We did have such a weird winter, Liz. You know, we had that freeze just when garlic that's, was coming up in the fall.
3: You know, I, 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 they did fine with that first hard freeze. It didn't save them.
2: Yeah, I mean, it grows up north, but it was it was a hard freeze that sent them back. A bit, but that last freeze sort of nipped them back a pretty good bit. So which, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna wait and see. Did you get any garlic at all, or were they just bulbs, or are they small and not many cloves, or what? You must have lost her.
1: Yeah, I think something's going on with Liz. Liz, please call us back. Maybe she was
2: just disgusted with me. I don't know. You (laughs) haven't harvested your garlic yet? Click. (laughs) She said, I'm not dealing with this tomfoolery. (laughs) Yeah, you know, garlic is. uh, which, by the way, there's some garlicky pickles gonna be at the Pickle Fest. I got some, uh, when I went, I get 2019 must have been their first one. But, uh, garlic is planted in the fall, just like daffodils. They grow over the winter, and they, they can fly, the flower is the size of my fist. It's a kind of, it's not a beautiful flower, it's kind of a silvery green looking, uh, ball. Um, and usually I pop mine off. When they start making that flower bud, I just snip it off because that way the energy goes down to the bulb. But I grow some just for the flowers. Uh, so anyway, uh, I can't tell if we got Liz back or not.
1: I think we're trying to get her. Our uh, our new intern is is getting her Caitlin,
2: uh, squared Cate, away Cate, on the Cate, phone. Caitlin is, is trial by fire with Caitlin. Liz, <laughs> we got you back. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm
3: sorry. You know, I live in this hole. So, but I've I've moved to another room. Yeah. So did you? Anyway, anyway, mine started looking. eh, You know, it was just growing so beautifully, and then after that second freeze, late. Uh, it 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 just didn't look great, and then it started. I mean, it it needed to be pulled. Yeah. And yeah, I got garlic, but it. eh. And (laughs) and I was just wondering if it was the same for other people. I was looking so forward to it because it's great to give away to my friends, and I use the sun myself.
2: Yeah, we had a lot of, we grow stuff at the herb garden, uh, there at the Ag Museum, which I've been working with for, uh, you know, not 40 years. I, I we, we started, it, uh, decades ago, and we grow garlic, and, and the master gardeners out there are sort of neating it up, uh, this past week, and they pull all the garlic and they share it with the staff. But, uh, I was a little bit honked off because I wanted them to leave a little bit because it's such a pretty flower. Uh, well, uh, I, mine, I, they're,
3: they're, I, it was all falling over and shriveling and you know i yeah. mean
2: time to dig it time so, to dig it
3: yeah I, I i had no i had no choice
2: well but anyway
3: I, I was just curious if it was just me because i'm I'm pretty sure it was that second freeze that caused it. You know, the one when it went down to
2: 27, which
3: isn't that bad, except it was vigorously growing.
2: Yeah, yeah, we had a a real nice little warm spell right before then. Well, I'm going to check mine this weekend because it's starting up, you know, some of us may be falling over because I interplant with all sorts of stuff, so I'll dig mine and see. We'll make a report next week, Liz.
3: Okay, can I ask you about thornless blueberries or thornless blackberries? Yeah, yeah, there's, yep, yep. I I I planted one back when I didn't know well when I knew less than what I know now, and it died. But my neighbor who knows stuff planted one, and hers died. And I wondered if if the thornless are are just plain. Hard to keep alive. I was I, I, since, since I lost my blueberries. I've been out there along the fence line. You know. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. The blackberries.
2: yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where, 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 where all the red bugs and the and the snakes and stuff are. Uh, there's the, we've got a, one of these. And it's uh, the thorn was kind of an upper almost like a shrub, you know, it's no, more like a shrub than a than a viney type thing. And the one at the Ag Museum is just loaded berries, a big, you know, big half the size of my index finger. They're huge. So um, oh, yeah, as long as oh. they got pretty well drained soil, it was developed. Uh, some of these were developed at University of Arkansas. It's a little bit cooler climate and the further north you grow the better these things grow but you shouldn't have any problem so it sounds like okay it sounded like it between the blackberries and the garlic you're having a tough year lady
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway well, we
3: well i'm i'm getting pretty scratched up getting scavenging blackberries you, but uh, i'm enjoying it well so. good
2: <laughs> all righty lady well okay. we need, we need a scoop but anyway i'll let you know about uh about the garlic
3: Okay, thank you, thank
2: you. You bet. Good to hear from you. Yeah, let's let's go up to Tupelo and see what Dave Davis is up to. Hey, Dave, good morning. Hey, how are you? Fine. What's going on? What's up?
5: No, you were mentioning the blackberries that were developed at the University of Arkansas.
2: Yeah. I can't
5: remember the uh, professor's name, but my grandfather's farm in uh, Shannon, Mississippi, was one of the farms that he experimented with some of his different... Yeah. Stuff. Like we had all the Arapahoe, Navajo, and all yeah, that Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. They, they,
2: they had uh, Native American tribe names.
5: Yes, sir. And they, um, they're um they quite prolific. But we grew all the different types for him to, I guess, evaluate and things like that. And so eventually we had blackberries. You know, you said they're more like bushes. But we had vines that were like eight feet tall eight feet wide. <laughs> we had groves that were acres <laughs> upon. I used to hate doing the blackberries every year, but I love eating
2: yeah. My mean, grandmother
5: always made me a copper for picking for you know, for the people and stuff like that. So well, I was it's I was a lot of good memories.
2: Yeah, I was out the Agnes, you know, they they get, we got one bush out there and you know, I it was just okay. I said, Yeah, it's not good it takes up a lot of space for something not gonna do much. That thing was loaded. I mean loaded with big, big loaded. blackberries. But uh they got seeds, you know, I went to the my pub last night, and gave a big old smile and had seeds all between my teeth.
5: <laughs> well, the thing is, my grandmother she went and picked different types according all the different types, different names are different type of berries. Some had smaller seeds, and so she would do some for canning, okay,
2: desserts, okay,
5: pies, you know, things like that. That's so, real, that she was real. You know, that she was that was homemaker, and
2: she was doing this as part of the research for for this this guy. Yes, sir. Wow. And
5: then on top of that, we became one of the uh, first people to use the old polyethylene pipe emitter system? <laughs> yeah, I
2: remember that. that. was a while back. Our, oh,
5: yeah. You're talking about back in the 80s, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, that's or when I got started. Hard to, hard to believe. I've been doing this for over 40 years. But anyway, I no, that's, that's, that's well, interesting. Well, you
5: know, I was going to also tell you that um, I grow them at my – well, I, I used to have a small farm called Mississippi Farms. Yeah, I, I was going to
2: ask, ask if you're growing any or, or did you get burned out on them?
5: No, no, no. I grow them now kind of as a memory with him. And uh, I just do, I have a TikTok and all that stuff. And so I was just doing my TikTok live the other day. And I told them, I was like, you know, just picking the blackberries for the first time brings back so many memories. And that's mainly why I do it. So. Well, do, you, do And you that's keep... what my pivot was after COVID was instead of growing all the, varieties for the restaurants and stuff. I just started going into growing the fruits and stuff that he had because I can go back to the old property and take cuttings and stuff. Wow. So that's what I've started doing.
2: Do, this, do you do you still know the names or you just you just like some and don't know why? Do you do you you got them separated by, by, by cultivar, by name?
5: Oh yes sir. Absolutely and let me let me tell you something unusual about the Arapaho that I cut. So the cutting that I have, I'm glad I'm talking to you about this. Um so I took a first year cutting back it was in the warmer part of the winter,
3: uh-huh. and
5: um, I put it in a five-gallon bucket, get rooted, and all that good stuff. Small thing, probably eighteen inches. Anyway, so I put it out this spring, and um, that thing, being a first-year cutting, put out blooms and it has berries oh, wow. on it. it, and it put its own new shoot out, which is probably I don't know two feet tall now. Yeah, and then on top of that. The canes that I cut last year, one of them came back, and now it's got four branches with berries
2: on it growing off of it. And it blooms twice in the same season. Well, you know, that's that's what's different. That's one of the other things that's different about them. You know, blackberries bloom and produce fruit on the canes that grew the year before. But this one, and and, and when you you made the cutting, you actually made a cutting off of a mature plant. It already had the flower buds, but they have the ability to put out and make a pretty good second crop. That's pretty unusual.
5: Okay, I see what you mean. Because it's in essence, it's the original mother plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a cutting, separate from it. I got what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. But it's just an interesting, interesting thing to do. Because I didn't realize how much goes into, you know, paying attention to them. And you know, if you don't cut them back, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do. But they're they're fun to grow.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, there's, there's a lot that you can know, but the main thing is don't cut them back in the winter because they bloom, they, they, they bloom on what grew the summer and fall before. And so yeah, a lot of, a lot of growers with the, the, the vine type, the kind that run like crazy, after they get yeah. through picking them, uh, in the, in summertime, they'll raise their bush hog up to about a foot and a half or two feet tall and just bush hog the whole thing. That gets rid of all the old canes that are going to be thorny and it, snips the tips off the new growth so it branches out the rest of the year and has more berries the next year. So the main thing with blue with blackberries is as soon as you get through picking them, cut the old canes back, snip the tips off the new growth, and you're set for the year. Anyway, okay. that's, that's co- good cool information. Have, have you got a favorite variety?
5: Um, I prefer the uh, Navajo.
2: Navajo. Any reason? Yes, any the
5: arapaho is really big, but it has big seeds, and it has
2: some bitterness to it. <laughs> this must you know be an arapaho. I mean, this had big seeds. I mean, I'm still picking seeds, but uh, the, <laughs> Nav- the Navajo doesn't have as many seeds.
5: No, they're not as they're not as large, and it's a little sweeter, plumper, but not as tall. You know what I mean? Yep. So, but yep. they're still as big as both my thumbs put together. So you're doing That's what big, big
2: you're theory. doing? What we call citizen science.
5: Citizen science. Yep. Okay.
2: All righty, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. All righty. So how about that? <clears throat> I've got uh, um, blueberries growing. Blueberries are supposed to have frozen. We lost our bl- – I was talking to uh, – uh to the guys J and D uh farms. They had the blueberry farm and the tea farm down South of Mississippi. I yes, was sir. At, I went to the Ag Museum last, I'm <laughs> Ag Museum. I went to the farmers market in Jackson, one of the coolest places. it got so many different kind of vendors. Anyway, I I was I was talking uh with them and uh, I got I got blueberry popsicles. I got blueberry lemonade. I got blueberry pie. I got blueberry. I mean, I just loaded up. You I spent blueberry. like $35 <laughs> on blueberry stuff. And, uh, I mean, it, I, I had repercussions. I had so many blueberries. I believe um, it. But he said that, that, uh, that most of the crop this year was damaged. Well, I got nice little blueberries on mine because I covered mine up. But anyway, if you want to give us a call, folks, we got the lines wide open. It's toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, 1877 MPB ring. I do have a question though, Java. You're not into tomatoes, so you're not going to be able to answer this at all. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Mayo or miracle whip? Oh mayo, come on!
1: (laughs) Miracle Whip is is is
2: um, salad dressing. I would say yeah, it's
1: it's not even comparable to mayonnaise. Now you have a spectrum of mayonnaise that you might could go against, but uh, Dukes or Hellman's or Blue Plate or you
2: know store brand, but. Miracle Whip versus Mayo? Come on, it's Mayo every time. I did uh, when when one of my books came out, the um, um, uh, Slow Gardening, at a book sign at Rick Griffin's place. Rick Griffin's landscape garden; they got a cool little store. Anyway, we did that, and I got a crate of marion tomatoes. They're just medium sized, ripe, uh, slicing type tomatoes, and I brought uh, wheat bread and white bread, lettuce. I uh, had a, some mint, but also we had uh, mayonnaise and Miracle Whip, and I just watched to see what people, given a choice, do. And given a choice, side by side, there it is. On you can just pick up whatever you want. Most people went with white bread over healthier wheat bread, and most people went with mayonnaise over Miracle Whip. And uh, you know the difference between mayo and Miracle Whip. And this is this is this is the food thing. Um, is, it's a stupid thing. Is it vinegar or something? like No. That? Corn, uh, corn syrup, corn Miracle Whip is called salad dressing because it's got corn syrup in it. It's sweet, Oh. Ah. which makes it good on some things, you know. Yeah, some things, but if I have my choice, I'm going with mayo. <laughs> okay, here, here's a real esoteric thing. You know why it's called Miracle Whip? Now that's I know you. This is this is going to be good. This is going to be good. 1939 World's Expo in Chicago, right? Okay. The guy, pe- people who, who, the, you know, it's hard mixing these ingredients together. They came out with a machine that, that mix ingredients very efficiently. And the machine was called the Miracle Whip. And that's where the name for Miracle Whip came from. Wow. <laughs> I wish I was making this stuff up. I wish I was doing, like, different dr- dr- between corn dogs and, and, uh, and Porn-tall pronto pups. pups, you know. But anyway, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get back to, let's get back to, uh, to talking about gardening. We got Julie from Iberville. Good morning, Julie. How are you?
6: I'm just great. Good. The last, the last couple of years I've been hearing about this um, bathtub effect, and I just want to hear your thoughts on that whole phenomenon.
2: Ba- bathtub effect? Um, I don't know it by that name. What? But what, what? What's bathtub well, effect?
6: It, it, it has to do with amending your soil. As you plant oh yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I, I immediately, uh, I call it a, a, a clay pot effect. But basically, when you dig a hole in in the the Southeast United States, we get fifty, sixty inches of rain a year. When you dig a hole, if you've got clay or heavy soil, and down deep, even good dirt. Not that great down deep. What happens is it is it you you're you're making a bowl in the ground, and if it fills up with water, most of the time it'll slowly percolate in. It'll drain away, but if we have a lot of rain for a long time, it fills up with water, and it just turns into a bathtub. Uh, I and I agree with that. When I plant stuff, and I I worked on a flower bed just yesterday for for a friend of mine. Um, When I dig a hole. I always dig it wider than I think you need, even for, for unless it's a raised bed. Uh, but get this, I make it at least a shovel deep because that way if we get normal rain, it's not going to fill up. But at least a shovel deep and I add a little stuff to it so it's mostly sunk and partly raised up. See, so if you dig it, let's say a hole that's a foot deep and add stuff to it, it's going to be 15, 16, 18 inches deep. So you can raise plants up a little bit to help them during wet spells without being so high, you gotta water them all the time. Anyway, bathtub of it. When I dig a hole for a shrub, a rose, a tree, a magnolia, whatever, I dig the hole nice and wide, I plant it, and then I take my shovel and I go around the edge of the original hole and I just cr- fracture it a little bit. You know, stick it around the, the outside edge and just crank back, just sort of break it up so it doesn't have a smooth wall. That way, it's less of so a so The water can seep out through the cracks and the fractures uh, outside the original hole. Did I talk too much just then?
6: No, you didn't. I <laughs> appreciate every bit of that. Thank you
2: so. No, much. No, no, no. I want to. What do you think about it?
6: Well, I've I've been gardening for years, and I've always dug a hole uh, wider and deeper, put it in there. But I usually add um, um, some good organic. You know, material yeah, to bark or compost or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah,
6: yeah. And loosen it up. And, um, and I've always had great success. But over the past couple years, um, my daughters have experienced, um, really bad, uh, results. They do that and then, um, after about a year, um, their tree, shrub, in this year, my daughter's vegetable garden, it just, all of a sudden, it went from lush to limp. And she couldn't figure out what the problem was. I noticed the other day, she's got a lot of red clay in her yard.
2: Yeah. And I said,
6: Jennifer, you might have what they call that bath effect." Yeah, she, said, But I'm going to call the expert. I'm going to call the expert <laughs> and see what he says about it. Well he, So he confirmed it, and validated everything that I told her. And so. it
2: could also be that she's watering a lot. Could be, you know, a lot of people. Right. I I, right. I I grow stuff in big containers, big containers, and they oh they get water at least every week or so. Uh, but I'm gone for sometimes two and three months at a time. Nobody waters my plants, nobody. So I've got to have my plants got to have a good, wide, deep root system. And the way to do that is make sure that that water can penetrate, but also. Extra water drains away. So, what you might want to do is go around the edge of her holes, take the shovel, and I don't mean like you're digging, you know, it's like the spokes of a, like you, it's like you're eating an ice cream cone. You go out and just, just stick the shovel in like a a radiating out from the center, like spokes, and just stick the shovel in and crack it back and do that four or five, six times all the way around. So, it's got uh, radiating fractures around the edge of the hole. That helps a lot.
6: Right, right. Okay. Thank you
2: very much. All right. Interesting story. Interesting. Appreciate it. it was, uh, I dug a, a whole bed yesterday, Java, start to finish. But I did it in three times. I went out when it was cool, and I dug the original. I, I scraped the, the, the grass and stuff off the top with a sharp shovel. got on my hands and knees with a sharp shovel, and I just sort of scraped it and flipped it over. It was pretty easy. And then I took my shovel, and starting at one end, I turned it over. its was hard. And then I just did a slice at a time, like, like scooping out, you know, uh, banana pudding. Turned it all over, shovels depth, and I said, I am i can't do this. So I went home, had me some blueberry juice because <laughs> I got a lot of it. And then I went back uh, a little bit later and I spread some compost from my, it had worms in it, a little bit of bark over the top, and I turned it over again. And I said, nope, this is enough. So I went back late yesterday, worked it all together. It was beautiful, it was creamy, a smooth, molded, and we are ready to go. But I did it right the first time. So it won't have to be done again. All righty, folks. Me and Java Chapman chatting about stuff. Uh, Java, I mentioned this thing about picking tomatoes. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of myth about tomatoes. Do you prune them? Do you not prune them? You know, you, you leave the vines just like nature made them or do you thin them out and all that? And there's pros and cons of all of it. If you prune your tomatoes, you end up, research shows you end up having fewer tomatoes, but they're bigger. And you end up with about the same weight. So it doesn't really matter. But when it comes to picking them, uh, I've always said leave them on the vine, they get more mature. But the research shows uh, that once they start showing a fair amount of pink color, tomatoes are complete. It's a berry. They don't continue to store more nutrients, sugars, etc. cetera. Uh, if you leave it on the vine until fully red, they get more of that watery gel that, <laughs> that, yeah, Java's shaking his head. Mm, I don't think so. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and they may have more soluble sugars. Sugars that you can f- taste and even some fragrance which makes them seem riper but once they show that pink color, if you pick them then they have all the nutrition all the sugars all the goodness in them uh, they just won't be quite so running down your chinish so what's going on when we take
1: or other people, because not me. <laughs> uh, take the tomatoes out the vine and put
2: them in the window. Yeah, they 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 continue to ripen. You know, they get okay. they get redder, uh, they get softer. The 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 water gel uh, develops a little bit, and they they get more fragrant. But they don't get any any better for you, and uh, and a beast of squirrels do it anyway. Let's go down to Mandeville, Louisiana. Peg, how are you this morning?
7: I'm good, Felder. Good. Um, so- as far as Tomatoes go. I was just going to say that what Java needs to do is grow his own. Because when I was in college in North Louisiana, I didn't like tomatoes either. Then I grew some, and I ate one off the vine. I'm a convert, so he might have to try that.
2: How, how much? How much of that is psychological?
6: No, it tasted good, <laughs> and, and I and I was so
7: surprised because I remember as a child eat your tomatoes, and they, you know, maybe it was an off. Maybe they were it was in the winter, and the tomatoes weren 't good, but I just remember no i don 't like
2: them Well, you know I, I took my daughter one time up to Minnesota, I was doing a lecture in Minnesota and at a place called seed savers exchange they They collect heirloom seeds and they they, they grow them out, they preserve them they sell this you know it 's a, it's a an heirloom. A preserving group, and they have over 400 different kinds of tomatoes in replicated rows, repeated. And we walked up and down and up and down, and come to find out, she and I do not like the same tomatoes. She likes it a little oh, bit more acidic. I like it a little bit sweeter. And the difference between homegrown and store-bought is different between old-fashioned shrub roses and the cut flowers you buy at the florist. They're bred to be uniform, easy to pick when they're still uh, green and ship a long distance. And they just, you know, the homegrown ones, you get a whole lot of different flavors and acidities and sweetness and different varieties.
7: Okay, but I, I really called to tell you that I had master gardeners come through my garden a couple of weeks ago. Uh huh. And some of them know that I call you sometimes, and yeah. some of them didn't. And they walked around the garden and they would go, Oh, a bottle tree. <laughs> or, look, a stumpery. You have a stumpery? Do you listen to Felder? So I've got to just say that it
2: doesn't necessarily have to
7: do with plants. But people know that i listen
2: to you. You know, Peg, plants come and go, and we try to have something to bloom every season. If you could eat it, that's even better. Cut flowers, I like that. But what makes a garden work are the paths, the sitting areas, and the accents, the, the, the personal stuff. You know, and that's where, if you don't like bottle trees, that's fine. Naked goddess statue has the same effect. Right. But uh, accents and, and uh, accessories and all, that's what makes it a real garden, the personality. And boy, does yours have personality.
7: Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I have a watermelon tree.
2: <laughs> okay, tell me. Watermelon tree. T- explain.
7: Okay. A tree, a, a, a pine tree that cut down. That yeah. cut down, big tree, and all that's left is a little stump above the ground. But it's about table height, and um, when they cut the tree, they cut those little slices that look like watermelons.
2: Okay. So I
7: right. painted them red and green where they needed to be. You put a little and
2: black seeds on it.
7: And there they are sitting on the tree,
2: so we'll say okay, that's my watermelon. <laughs> Please send me a picture of that. Please. <laughs> you know, I don't—you and I, you know, we don't need more bad ideas, because I can't tell the between a good, bad idea and a bad, good idea. But sound like the watermelon tree. That's a that's a, a good good idea.
7: What's the um email to send it to you?
2: Uh go to my blog, felderrushing dot blog. It has a little button that says email me. Okay. All so, right. Will do. Having fun yet? <laughs> having fun. Oh, what did you eat out of your garden this past week?
7: Oh, the tomatoes that the squirrels haven't gotten <laughs> to my tomatoes. But they here's the deal. I bought a little, a little pack of small tomatoes because they weren't getting ripe. They were just sitting there. I mean, it seemed like it had to be just two months almost. They're right. sitting there, green, beautiful. I said, "Well, I'm just going to buy some tomatoes." As soon as I did, they turned pink. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've been enjoying store bought and homegrown tomatoes. And I tell you what, the, I always try to get the store bought that says they're heirloom. You know, so
2: they're pricey. They, they they're pricey. Good. So much easier to I grow. Know.
7: When you got to have a tomato, you kn- I know you know how that is.
2: Yeah, I do. I do. Well, appreciate your call, pick. Thank you so much. Right. And, uh, and tell the Master Gardeners, you've been doing this stuff long before you heard about me.
7: That's right. But the stumpery, no, I didn't do that. I might have stuck a piece of wood somewhere, but now it's like all together.
2: You got, I, I took a walk along the Pearl River last week. I just get out, take, take a long walk. And I saw a stump when I was walking by there says, whew, that would look good in my yard. And I went back and I picked it. I dragged a stump over a quarter of a mile down a little path, put it in my Jeep, struggled and got it stood up in my garden. And I'm so pleased. I just, it's a stump, but I'm so pleased with it.
7: People in my neighborhood don't know when I say, oh, my, mom, my husband, Mark, we've got to get that piece of wood. Come on, we've got to get the car.
2: Yep. Well, okay. we, we have
7: the same genes.
2: Yeah, okay. and, and we're both used to people rolling their eyes. Anyway, Peg, thank you yep. for calling. I appreciate right. This has been right. fun. Thank you. Okay. Whew,
1: Java. It's been a, it's been a morning, ain't it? It has, man. And it's, uh, it's going to be an even more beautiful day. uh, Next stop, Mississippi, is coming up next. They're broadcasting live from Tupelo,
2: the, um, the Elvis Festival. All (laughs) righty. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, it's going to be a hot one, folks. It's going to be nice and hot. We haven't had a good, some of you had good rain, some of it hadn't, but this, we got lots of time to do stuff. Garden centers are loaded with summer stuff. You know, you can still plant a big pot full of basil and oregano and rosemary. You can still have kids do a little small garden, even in a pot, that gives them ownership. But if you do, keep in mind that kids don't know yet that you can't do certain things. Get them to cut a little branch off a plant, put it out there, and put uh, balls of tinfoil on the ends or little bottles. You know, kids don't know yet that you're going to grow up and be ashamed to accessorize. And those of you who love accessorizing still got that childlike spirit, and I salute that. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Java's been fun. We're going to take a a week-long break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. I will have my green pickup truck with the herbs growing in the back of it. I'll be pulling some weeds and planting a few things and chatting with folks at the Agriculture Museum on Lakeland Drive in Jackson. Starts at 3 o'clock to 8 o'clock. It will be fun. Come on. Let's have a good time. Hey, we're going to talk about getting dirty. See you all next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download
0: the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.